Hello and welcome back to French Football Weekly Podcast. My name is Chris, I'm your host as usual and I am indeed as happy as Larry. Uh, more on that later, but uh, let's jump into our guests, not literally, because that'd be quite painful, two-footed, but I do have both Phil and Jez with me this afternoon. Afternoon Hello. to you guys. Hello. Hello. First things first, uh, I just want to have a, a little very brief rant about October in the UK. Um, it's unseasonably warm and I can't work out what to wear and it's really doing my nothing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if winter's coming, let's just get it over with. All right. And let's just get it on because I just honestly can't work out what to go out in. Too much, too little. Anyway, that's my rant for the week. Layers. We are, layers. All about layers. 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 Yeah, but I, I literally, I went, I went to town. It's October the 10th. I went to town just to pick up some some uh, deliveries that I had to get. I just put on one T-shirt and I thought, well, I better put a hoodie on because, you know, absolutely sweat my proverbials off. So anyway, that's enough of that. Uh, we are, of course, here to talk about French football as well as life. <laughs> so uh, we shall get on that straight away. Uh, lots to get through this week. I wanted to start with probably the most obvious thing to start with, and that being the change of coach at Olympic Lyonnais. As predicted, Peter Bosch has left his left his or left left his hot seat, or rather been kicked out of it. I think is probably a, a more accurate summary. He's been replaced by Laurent Blanc. Um, I'm sure you'll both have a bit to say on this, so I'll I'll start with you, Jess. Why not? Um, is this a handing over of the poison chalice, or is this uh, an opportunity for? Uh, Monsieur Blanc to come in and make an immediate impression. I saw the video going around Instagram of him meeting the players and they all look rather like deer in headlights. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but where do you stand on it? And um, I guess we both agree Bosch kind of had to go, didn't he, in the end? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about Poison Chalice in the sense that Lyon are not what they were. Um, so it almost feels like he can only... He hasn't got much to lose in terms of where Lyon are at because, you know, haven't qualified for Europe for a couple of years down in whatever it is, seventh place. I can't, um, not one in, in, you know, one point in, in the last five matches. He can't, all he can do is match how badly they've been doing in recent years. Um, and so anything better, I guess, is, is a bonus. But at the same time, I suppose it is very much, I don't know, I was going to say last chance saloon. I mean, it's not like, you know, Steve Bruce has been fired today and you could say his next job will be last chance saloon because he's fucked up the last three jobs he's had. Um, Blanc's kind of, I think last week I sort of referred to him as Yalom Kerbishley of, of, of French football. He, sort of, he hadn't really done anything wrong and then just sort of went into the wilderness and it's all a bit weird. So I wouldn't say last chance saloon in that it's not like he's coming off the back of recent really bad managerial stints but at the same time having not been in whatever proper grown-up management for the last six years um if we count proper leagues if this doesn't work out then i guess that that's that's probably it for him in terms of ever having a, a, a top-rated job so i think there's, there's lots to gain and sort of not much to lose because the worst he can do is leave Leon where they are and sort of leave him where, where he was anyway. Mm. Yeah, as Jazz touched on there, Phil, it's been six years 
since uh, Laurent Blanc has, has managed at what you would call a top league. He was in Qatar for a bit, but he, he didn't really do much wrong at, at PSG. It was just before the, the Neymar era, if you will. Um, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't really do a lot wrong, did he? And the, there has been subsequent questioning of his character or maybe more accurately, some of his views, shall we say? Or maybe just leave it there in case the lawyers are listening. But he didn't do a lot wrong in terms of football management. And the one thing he will you would think command in that Leon dressing room is, is respect. He is a World Cup yep. winner, of course, captain as well. Oh, but that seems to be the issue. It's mm. like uh, he was a great player, so listen to him. That doesn't necessarily translate as we are seeing, we have seen in many situations. So I think it will be interesting but as you say, I think Bosch had to had to go. Um, but I think as Jez tweeted earlier this week when uh, or last week when that happened, um, the the fact that it's Blanc getting the gig is the more surprising thing than Bosch being fired in the first place. So we have to see how it works out, but they're mid-table and not on a good run of form, but they have good players. They don't have Europe. They shouldn't be down there. Mm. And so if he can at least get them to par, that would be a massive help but that's, that's one thing i just wanted to ask you about quickly on just in that because i think you make a good point there what, what is par for leon because i i think okay we're having a season at the moment where you know Lorient are clearly going to win the league which is great psg are going to scrape into second which is lovely i joke of course but we're having an odd season because of so many sort of teams that you wouldn't expect to be up there maybe and, and we've got the world cup etc but surely you know, an academy like Leon's, a history like Leon's, the, the the infrastructure, the framework, the stadium, everything that goes with a club of that size, they surely par for them should be second or third. You know, it shouldn't be yeah. seventh or eighth, should it really? Yeah, I mean, I'd say top four minimum, mm. but obviously fourth is a different proposition in terms of Europe than third mm. but yes they need to be higher up they need to turn this around I mean you look at the, that form and who's in there with them Auxerre not even Brest are doing better I mean it's they've got they've got to start winning games mm. um Seems a fairly basic thing to say, but they do because they haven't done for quite a while. Mm. And so, yeah, that's going to be the challenge to get back up the table, to at least get to the podium and to have European football again next season. Yeah, Yeah, I think. Has to be the minimum. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think par is a good word and minimum is also another good word. Um, 
Joe, just coming back to you as well on, on the same subject, I know you wanted to mention something to to sort of a relation to Blanc's time at PSG. Um, and we should just mention, of course, as well, that Leon did draw at the weekend with Toulouse uh, on Friday night. So good point that for, for Toulouse. Um, but yeah, not a lot else going on in terms of the result for Leon. But what, what was your thoughts on, on Blanc's time at PSG? I think that, um, the thing with Blanc has always been, the thing he's always carried around with him is... Um, how much of it is Blanc, how much of it is Gasset, who was always his sort of right-hand man. You know, is Blanc doing more of the, I guess, maybe the man management and the sort of having a sane transfers and that kind of thing, and Gasset doing more of the sort of day-to-day uh, training and stuff that goes on on the pitch. And it's never been, I think, entirely clear. But on paper, you have to say Blanc, I think, you know, six full seasons in Ligue 1, he won the league four times and okay three of them with PSG but first of all you know he he got Bordeaux playing fantastic football he got Gourcuff certainly playing the best football of his career Shamak as well um and at PSG um with hindsight I would say that's the most dominant that PSG you know it, during the QSI era it was under him that they were the most dominant, that they won the most trophies, that they played the best football, um, that they had probably the most squad harmony. And that's with, you know, people like Ibrahimovic and, and Cavani both jostling to, to play centre forward, strong characters like like Motta in, in the in, in midfield. So, you know, it's not it's not like Okay, it might not be the same level of ego as, as Neymar and Mbappe, but he also had politics to deal with. And he, I think he dealt with every aspect of it better than anyone else. And, you know, probably the, the reason he left in the end was, was he didn't get past the, the quarterfinals in the Champions League. But as we said several times before, you know, City have struggled, bigger, you know, other clubs, United struggled for years. It's not a formality that... You, you you bring in sort of multi millions and and you you walk straight through to the the finals of the, of the Champions League and I think there was progress there, you know a couple of unfortunate literally last gasp equalizers from Chelsea stupid head rushes from Thiago Silva that kind of thing I think even a meek sending sending off for Ibrahimovic at one point so um, yeah. I think what he did at PSG was possibly underrated at the time and certainly with hindsight I think maybe he should be given a little bit more credit and he's you know he said that he hasn't exactly said he's regretted it but he said the first two years after he left PSG he did get some good offers and and he wanted to have a little bit of a break from football Um, and then the offers stopped coming in Um, but certainly I think France as well, you know, remember the disarray that France are in after 2010 and obviously Deschamps taken it up a level. But I think Blanc did, again, a very underappreciated job in terms of sort of settling the ship and, and bringing in some, some players who became, um, you know, important regulars in the team and, and just, uh, I guess, bringing back a little bit of, seriousness and respect and that kind of thing um I think that's the kind of thing that I think is lacking at the moment at Lyon 
Um, you know, there's been lots of talk in, in the press conference, even in, in things that Olas has said the last week or two, things that Boss has said, even. I mean, you can agree or disagree with Lacazette, but and you can say it might be a sign of, of weak management that Lacazette felt he could do that. But him coming out and sort of publicly questioning Boss straight after the match at the weekend kind of suggests that, you know, maybe there's some players there who are saying too much or players who are saying too much and not backing it up with with performances of their own. And certainly, that, like I said, that, that it seems that it's the more experienced players that a lot of people have been questioning and criticising. So if he can... On paper, it's still a very good squad. And as you both said, they should be challenging for Champions League year in, year out. So the underperformances have got to be down a lot, I think, to to attitude. And if that's the kind, even if it's not tactics and it's the attitude thing that he's good at, then I think that would be a very good start to getting them back on track. Um, The concern is that, uh, firstly, I think that they're massively missing Paqueta. I don't think they've got a really good creative midfielder as much as I love Kakare, Le Penon, people like that. I'm not sure that they're creative enough. And I think I've made it clear what I think of Awa over 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 the years or whatever. The other concern is that we've said like the last five matches, okay, Lorient, again, they're in second, so you can put a different slant on it. But on paper, you'd be saying they should be beating Lorient to lose. Those are the two disappointing ones. The other three, can't even remember who now, Lance, PSG, whoever the other one was. Was it Monaco? Possibly, yeah. Mm. Like, no shame in losing those ones. But their next five matches leading into the World Cup are not straightforward either. I mean, Ren next, you've got to put that down as a, if they got a point, I'd be relatively surprised. Then Montpellier who are struggling and that, that becomes a really big sort of high stakes match. Lille, who are still Lille, who on their day, you know, beat first team to beat last for six months. So not to be sniffed at. Marseille, as I've said before, to me, Marseille versus Lyon is the real grudge match of recent years. It's not Marseille PSG so much anymore. And then Nice, who are in a similar position to Lyon in that they're generally underperforming. But if yesterday turns out to be the start of a positive run, then, you know, none of them are straightforward on paper. So he's got his work cut out until the World Cup, until he he has a little bit of more time with his team until maybe they're able to bring in their own players. And the other thing also, sorry, is that he's also made a big point and the players have as well about how Bosch was not interested in, in um, training in the sort of physical fitness aspect. And they've been a bit disappointed by that. Blanc has made a point of saying, I'm going to work them hard, double training they need to be a peak physical condition which they're not at the moment again there's only so much you can do when you've got a match every three days so that's another thing that will only really he will only really be able to implement during or after the world cup yeah yeah be um, very interesting to see what what comes next in in the project of of leon and, and indeed what happens for blanc in particular but we shall Watch that from a, a distance. Um, as you rightly said, the next few fixtures are, are anything but easy. So I ran away the weekend is not anywhere near an easy start. But um, we will move on to another club that's um, sort of got into the headlines a bit uh, in the past week. Uh, Phil, that's PSG, who um, they went to Benfica uh, with, with Messi, who scored a, a delightful goal. 
came out of that one with a draw, which I don't think in the end too many people were that concerned about, given the fact that they are likely to qualify and a point away at Benfica is not bad. But then they returned home at the weekend and, and played Rafs. Um, normally, a nil-nil draw for PSG would make headlines for that reason alone, because you know I thought Rafs played very well. It was a very entertaining game for what it was worth. But the headline for me is more about the ugly side of PSG rearing its head once again. Sergio Ramos was sent off literally for dissent, a booking followed by a red for whatever it was he said. Um, Marquinhos has come out since... Puta Madre, apparently. Oh, is that what he said? Okay, well, I mean, you're asking for trouble. Um, Marquinhos has come out since and and said that that he feels that referees are giving PSG a a bad look, which I'm not sure I agree with at all. Oh, grow up. And then it's not only that, you then see Neymar doing his usual, throwing himself to the floor, but also being incredibly passionate. I thought he was extremely lucky to stay on for not the barge, but more the reaction to the booking for the barge, where he applauds the referee. And then Kylian Mbappe also, I thought, was very fortunate for what was I, just I was a late, stupid challenge. Just pointless. very confused by Neymar pointing to his shoulder as if to say, I hit him with my shoulder mm. when he clearly <laughs> hit the guy with his shoulder, which is not which is a foul. Um, so there were a couple of dust ups in that match. Uh, we finished with a flurry of bookings at the end. I think there were five bookings on 90 minutes after the nth of several um, kind of stand ups in that situation. But, yeah, I mean, the Ramos being sent off was clearly key. There's a great graphic from, I believe it's Between the Posts, showing the level of XG throughout the game. You look at Ras, they had 24 shots to 11. They didn't get them all on target. It was 4-3. Um, I believe Donnarumma uh, got man of the match. He's certainly highly rated in all the um, notes I've seen. But what we've said multiple times about PSG is if you play them and you are scared and you sit back and you try to soak up the pressure and just defend well, they're going to get you eventually. What Raz did was take it to push forward, high press, and they really kind of fucked BSG up there. I mean, the whole defence midfield was very good. Um, Marshall Monetti was very impressive. But Flips, others in there, all those 24 shots were coming from all over the place. They had like four or five guys that had four shots each um, when I looked on who scored. Um, so it was, I think Raz have done this to PSG before, frankly. They are showing not just the league, but also Europe, how to do this. And I think that's very interesting. Um, And the fact that PSG can't cope when they're pressed is a continuing problem. 
Yeah, yeah. And and you're right to give Rams credit because I mean they had a couple of really good chances that, that were spurned, and on another day, um, you know they could well have, have won that game. But I think fair play to them for coming out with a point, and they will move on. What's your? I have a feeling I might know the answer to this, Jess, but I'll ask the question anyway. What, what's your sort of view on this indiscipline? Because I wouldn't say we all thought it was behind them with the appointment of Gautier, but we definitely thought that there was a more, um, shall we say, disciplined look to them. And it looked like he got those sort of the petulant side of some players out and, and he was got them all firing on, on his sort of way of thinking. After the game, Mbappe once again courted sort of headlines, if you will. He went on his Instagram and posted something something to, to the effect of sort of saying, you know, once again asking to have a centre forward so that he could play wide because he was deployed as the nine again and he clearly doesn't like that. And what he doesn't like, we seem to seem, or it seems to be, will be changed for him. Is this is this the first crack in the armour of, of Gautier or, you know, am I overreacting a bit there? Because it, it just... It just brought back all those unpleasant memories of what we've seen where PSG don't get what they want. They just go around kicking people and throwing their toys out the pram. And that isn't going to cut it in the Champions League, is it? No, I mean, I I don't, I wouldn't say first, um, I can't think of whatever it was he just said about the armour, first chinking the armour of, yeah. of Gautier, because they're, they're, I'd say it's the first sort of big challenge that he needs to face. And it's the challenge that, every coach has had to face at some point and either they haven't been able to to deal with it or they haven't been allowed to. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think probably the, the Benfica match and, and the weekend match kind of summed up a lot of what's wrong with PSG and an element of Benfica, I guess, also what was right. You know, it's a fantastic goal, but again, it was kind of an individual or, uh, you know, one flash of brilliance from two or three individuals saving a few blushes. Donnarumma, who I generally don't think has been very impressive for PSG, coming out with a lot of good saves at the week uh, against Benfica and a fantastic save from Minetzi in, mm. in the first half the other day. Um, but on the other side, you know, the, the, against Benfica, to an extent against Rass as well, we saw on the playing side, we saw the issue, which I think we've spoken about before, that... You know, Gautier and Campos very clearly said, oh, we want more strength at centre-back and we want a number nine. And, you know, they, they basically put all their eggs in the Skriniar and Lewandowski baskets and, and didn't get either of them. So in defence, you've got the issue that, um, I mean, if you ask me, Ramos has passed it, um, just keeps being turned. He's so slow, um, you know, descending off... Whatever is debatable, you can argue about what he said. You can argue about whether it's send-offable or not. But you know you're going to get a sending off with Ramos. So uh, you know I'm not. It's not that one's not such such an eyebrow raiser. But Kimpembe, who by the way I thought looked absolutely ridiculous every time they showed him off the pitch. But just um, know how to ask you about the, the code for me was what got. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. like. You look like a shit gangster. <laughs> but uh, even What's even that thing in Birmingham, Piggy Brown. Yeah, Piggy oh, Brown. God, yeah. yeah. But um, even when he's playing, I still think he's a liability. And the really scary one is Marquinhos, who has not been in great form, but no. also has seemed to be in a mood the whole mm. the whole season. That's the real concern. Doesn't seem and happy at all. If, 
when any of them are out, if you're sort of having to resort to either Mukiele or Danilo um, at centre-back, and actually even more worryingly, Dan- Danilo's probably been their best centre-back. Mm. So he was good, yeah, I agree. Um, then, then there's issues there. And then, as you said, because they don't have a number nine or, you know, Ekitike isn't really ready yet for the really top matches, Mbappe's having to play in a position he doesn't want to play in. And, and you know, I don't like the way he's going about it. I, As I said before, I don't like the way he's sort of using Giroud as a kind of um, pawn in his little ego games. And I still think his massive ego is becoming more and more of a problem. But the fact is, rightly or wrongly, he was no doubt made promises in order to sign that mega contract and mm. they're probably not being kept to. So I don't my, I don't blame him for being a bit annoyed. Mm. Uh, and I still exactly. think the biggest issue is just how absolutely crucial Verratti and Vitinha are. Verratti to having any kind of control or anyone who's able to sort of face up to a press and Vitinha is the only person who kind of provides any kind of link between the attack and the and the sorry the midfield and the attack or defense and the attack. Um, I do like Ruiz. I haven't seen enough of Soler, but neither of them I don't think have settled yet. Um, so yeah, it's just more of the same kind of issues there. And as you said, the the petulance thing. You know, Neymar, we always know if he's not at the top of his game and you have a couple of niggles at him, you can easily sort of get him to lose concentration and, and, and you know, then you've got that one. You know, when, when he's more concerned with little kicks back and rolling around and playing football, then, then you've, you've done your job with him. Ramos, as I said, um, I, uh, it's, you know, that's what you get with him. Verratti as usual, talked himself into a yellow and was arguably <laughs> lucky not not for that to be turned into a red as well. Mm. But when Mbappe and Marquinhos, Mbappe off the pitch, he's playing silly games. I just said, well, I thought of that. But when the two of them are losing their rag on the pitch, then it's de- it's a definite sign that all isn't well. Mm. And as you said, yeah, a draw at Benfica, Showing character to to kind of come back a lot stronger in the second half. I think, you know, had they been three 0 down at half time, that would have been fair. Um, mm. Based just on the second half, arguably they were slightly unlucky to to come away with a draw. But um, it's a draw at Benfica. They're still, you know, likely to qualify. They're still top of the league. But as ever, we don't judge PSG on October. We judge them in March, April. And just those little signs, considering the first month or so of the season, it's so positive. And now it looks like they've got, they sort of plateaued back to where they were last year with a little bit of moodiness, with scraping results. It's not, it's not brilliant, but we know they've got the players there who can change it around, I think. You know, I think they'll sleepwalk to the World Cup now, and then it all depends what kind of state of mind the likes of Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe are going to be in after the World Cup. Because mm. you know, there's a very good chance one of them will be a world champion, and if mm. they are, do they care what happens after for the rest of the season? There's a very good chance at least one of them will crash and burn, 
will they care after that? What happens for the rest of the season? It's going to be very difficult to maintain a decent level of motivation for whatever reason for all three of them for the second half of the season, I think. Yeah. Agreed. And um, and just to add to the, the Neymar debate as well, I don't know if either of you saw Marco Van Basten's comments. Um, embarrassing, I think, is I think he, he is one of those pundits that just needs to stop talking and needs to just look after his own affairs. I didn't hear what he said, but he's my favourite player ever. So as a footballer, brilliant. As a, as a personality, <laughs> less than desirable. He be- he basically came out in, in the, the Dutch press and said that Neymar's the sort of player who needs who basically needs to be done in, um, needs to be taught a lesson and essentially implied uh, on the pitch that someone just needs to give him a good kicking, which I just think, you know, uh, I get it. I know, I know he divides opinion, but it's a bit embarrassing. It, it, it's it's straight out of the. We're all thinking it. Yeah, we're all thinking it. But, we're, but <laughs> if we were paid, to, if we were paid journalists, like you wouldn't go on a show and say that, Jazz, would you? Like you know, it's. I just think it's. Oh, I think he might get around a couple of people. Well, maybe, um, maybe if maybe if it was OR, maybe the... <laughs> that's that's interesting because I obviously get uh, the French cover. And I love L'Equipe uh, Soir and all that business. But they've had, on Canal Plus, they've had Samir Nasri as mm. a, an analyst. And he is not one of my favourite players. But he's actually pretty good at the analysis thing. And... He clearly has no sense of humour and struggles with anybody <laughs> using sarcasm against him, but he makes very good points and he does get to kind of the number of the matter a lot. So it's weird, isn't it, that we assume if you were a good player, you'll be a good coach, as we talked about with Blanc, or you'll be a good uh, commentator. It's not necessarily the case. And sometimes the people who are impressive after their playing careers are kind of surprising. They're mm. not who you'd expect. No. no yeah. and, vice, and vice versa. And, and vice exactly. versa. Uh, and let's not mention commentary teams of ex-pros. Um, I think but, that just, just quickly on... I, Yes, I don't advocate anyone sort of being done in on the football pitch. But again, I think it's the difference is hello lawyers. But the, the obvious difference is you take like Ronaldinho and Neymar, and Ronaldinho did the same kind of showboating and the same sort of, you know, laying the ball off with the back and embarrassing other players and nutmegging them and just you know sombreros over the head and all that kind of thing. And no one begrudged him and no one tried to take him out because I think he did it with a smile on his face and mm. he wasn't interested in the the other side of it. Neymar, I just think, is clearly and again aside from his political views um just clearly extremely dislikable um plays with a scowl on his face um does a lot of the um subtle and not subtle kicking and fouling back does a lot more of the rolling around and simulation and i think that's why he rubs a lot of people up the wrong way mm. yeah He's... i think um what do you say bitch move He's a talented he shithouse. He pulls a lot of bitch moves. <laughs> mm. I mean, uh, and like I say, don't get me wrong. If if it was my level of football, which is, you know, 
very, very low down the totem pole. Um, I, I would absolutely be looking to put him in the hedge in the first 10 minutes, 100%, mainly because I probably couldn't catch him. Um, but I just think uh, at the, this level of the game where we're all about, you know, respect and and you know, everything else, I just a bit out of touch for someone to come out and suggest that. But hey-ho, um, one thing's for sure, PSG have, have a busy week ahead because they have Benfica, of course, in the return leg before... No Messi, in again. Classic. No Messi. It either, sounds yeah. like no Messi, no party, as many be, people were saying. It'd be interesting to see if he's fit enough for that Classic at the weekend. That will be an interesting one because that's the sort of game that you would like to think he would play in because he will obviously light it up if he is able to come back. We shall see. Um, I'm going to group three clubs in into one now. Uh, I'll stick with you first on this one, Phil. Ten games into the season now, and um, I just wanted to have a bit of a kind of progress report on the three promoted sides. Um, first of all, I'll let you know how they got on this weekend. Ajaxia, probably the biggest surprise of all, who actually beat yeah. the aforementioned Marseille, who did go ahead through Payet's 100th goal. Um, however, um, Mositi Oko and Belladi's own goal secured the, the, the win for Ajaxia, which is fantastic for them. And then elsewhere, we're looking at Osea, who did go down to a defeat this weekend. Um, 2-1, Cowie and Key with the goals for Clermont. Uh, Jubal with a late goal back wasn't enough. Um, and then rounding off the three of, of said promoted clubs we mentioned earlier on, Toulouse, in their draw away at Lyon, uh, Retail back on the score sheet in that particular game. Um, where, where are you at in terms of the promoted sides, Phil? Uh, we've got... Uh, Ajaxio up to 18th, and well, I'm trying to find 11th. I I think Oxer and Ajaxio are going to struggle, obviously, particularly with the fall down rule. But what struck me as interesting was obviously OM in an empty stadium with a delayed start finally got a win in Europe. Mm. Uh, helped by the opposing goalkeeper being sent off on 23 minutes. And chucking two uh, in his own net, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then they went into a game against Ajaccio. And, I mean, it was at home, but it's difficult to call this a derby, but Corsica is quite close. And there are a lot of Corsicans in Marseille. And I think this is one of their key games of the season. Not just, you know, we're playing the other promoted side, the lower sides. This was a pride match. And they came out with a win. Uh, So I think Marseille have had a bit of a, kind of cold bath on that front. Uh, they were doing really well up till then. And so we'll see if they can carry that forward in Europe. But for me, Toulouse, because they've only recently gone down to come back up, they've got the infrastructure, they've got the organisation, they've got the players. They look like they're going to be okay. But Ajatio, I think, are going to be hanging their hats on that kind of game. 
that kind of win. Mm. Maybe if PSG go to Ajaccio and they get a battling nil-nil draw, that's going to be the kind of thing they're looking for. I'm not sure they're expecting to stay up because I don't think the rest of us are expecting them to stay up. And it may be the same for Oxair. Mm. Yeah, we're beaten by Clamour 2-1 and they just don't look like they've got much to them. They're, they're uh, slipping four four defeats in, in the last five and, and Ajaxia, that's actually back-to-back away wins having beaten Brest two weeks ago as well. Um, are you on... Brest aren't out. No, no. Well, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll touch on them in a second, but yeah, they're, they're sort of having having won this season, it would be fair to say. Are you on the same thought process, Jez, in terms of the Toulouse are the, the clear standouts, not just league position, but they look like a, a really well-drilled and organised side with a couple of, I think, very talented players who may be right for picking post-World Cup. They will hope not, but they certainly look that way. Are you sort of on that similar thought process that, that they are the ones that will be comfortable in the other two, despite upturns in form for Ajaxio and a steady start for Osea? Are, are they still going to struggle for you? Yeah, I think so. Um, just quickly on Marseille, they're sort of like Dorian Gray, like they finally have a decent European result and then lose at home to Ajaxio. <laughs> it's typical, um, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we said that sort of even in the season previews that it looked like Toulouse were... were had the best squad, the most harmonious squad, you know, players coming, continuing from last season, a lot of sort of relatively well-established foreign players. And actually, to give them the credit, they've had a sort of, the last two, three years, a reasonable number of, of young talents leaving the, the team and they've still mm-hmm. been able to absorb that. Um, but they always looked sort of best placed, I think, to... to put on a decent show this year and and yeah the other two I think Ajaxio there's always going to be sort of financial limitations even kind of maybe structural limitations with the I think there is a sort of inbuilt snobbery against Corsica and Corsican teams in in Liga so I think they're always going to struggle with a lot of that and Nozair who you know a lot of neutrals favourites and especially with Jean-Marc Fouglan as a coach who always talks a fantastic game and, and always promotes great football and <laughs> um, this weekend maybe didn't cover himself in glory as he himself admitted by sticking a uh, giving middle finger to to the Claremont fans more than once as, as he was sent off um, he's a at least he's a he's a he's a draw like he's good fun to, to what well, his team's a good fun to watch and he's good fun to watch um, but as Phil said I just I think because of him being their coach, I think they'll, they'll try to play really good football all the way through the season, but I just, I'm just not sure that their, their squad has enough quality through it. Um, they've got you know good experience with the likes of, of Costil at one end and, and Chabonier on the other, but I think Costil's well past his best now, probably mm. quite badly affected by everything that happened at last season at Bordeaux. Chabonier, I'm not sure he's ever been really up to kind of leading the line for a league our team or certainly not sort of scoring the goals that, that would keep them up. Um, there's some talented but relatively lightweight midfielders. Um, is it Huntonji is there? He's 
yeah. not really pulled up any trees that you'd expect him to sort of really come in and, and marshal that defence. I'm not sure that he has done enough so far. So, um, yeah, I thought, and Toulouse, I think, were, yeah, bankers to, to stay up. Ajaxio, I thought, were sort of bankers to go down. And Nozair, I thought, would be sort of challenging fourth bottom, fifth bottom, probably in a relegation fight, but with an outside chance of, of staying up. But especially when you consider that teams like Clermont started so well, I think it, it might be an uphill battle now. Mm, yeah, Clermont have had a really good start to the season, up in seventh at the moment. They're having a, having a lovely old time, oh, eight, sorry. Well, technically joint seventh, but you know what I mean. Um, Abu Klal is the one I really like to lose. I think he's, I think he's really, really talented like watching him but yeah pretty much inclined to agree with you all i still think ajaxio and uh, and uh, i'll say will struggle but um it's it's almost proving to be a bit of a fight as to who wants to go down at the moment the teams well, at the bottom there. Um, one team i'm very surprised to see down there i'm not mm. i think it's europe though isn't it for not i think well, i think that's proving I mean, to be they they lost two nil um, on Thursday, Lafont was still good, mm. and I think the fact that Lafont is still good is covering up a lot of even more problematic situations because they've only won one. They've got a minus nine goal difference, so they've got a very good goalkeeper and yet I'll still be hammered week after week, and that's problematic. I mean, mm. we kind of often see that um, really good goalkeepers tend to often come from lower-ranked teams because, frankly, you've got more to do. Um, but I think... The fact that they've got one of the best and they're still being shafted week after week implies a big problem in whoever's playing in front. Mm. And that's something that's going to be problematic Um going forward in, in both competitions. And in the Cup, remember, we're going to have the Cup after mm. Christmas as well. So it's that's one I'm surprised is down there. They've got seven points. They're 19. It's not good. No. No, not, not having a good time of it. Um, elsewhere... In, in league, I'm just going to run through a couple of the results. Um, we just mentioned very quickly breaking news: Brest mm. and Desakari and discussing a some kind of settlement for him to leave. For him to go, okay, not hugely surprising to be honest. Um, they did <laughs> maybe indeed. him and Delolio will swap again. Yeah, swap again. Yeah, oh. yeah, it would be quite quite ironic. Um, they did lose. Montpellier fans. Dalolio said before the game at the weekend, 12 points isn't bad. And all of the fans were like, are we a promoted team? What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, he is not in uh, a good place with the fan base. 
No. Well, if uh, if Desikarin is going to be out at Brest, um, he leaves off the back of a derby defeat uh, to the Liga title winners, L'Oreal. Um, I just... Grace Coffee. Uh, yeah, continuing. Too. I we he, have to do a Miffy gif for Moffy. He's 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 just he's re he's recaptured the form he had last before he had that spell last season where he went completely off the ball at the start last season. He's just finding his form at the right time. Um, two goals, the, the, the one across the keeper, because the second was particularly good. Um, and that was all after Brest had taken the lead through. Roman de Castillo, but uh, yeah, Lorient roared back and they just have a, a momentum at the moment. Um, I think the concern probably will be if if we pick up any injuries, that will be the worry. But right now, even without Watara, of course, he was suspended. Well, that, that's what was quite positive about this result. Okay, it was mm. against Brest, but you did have to adapt to the couple mm. of players missing from the start, another one getting injured and, and yep. People even playing out of position and still playing well, which really mm-hmm. bodes well for for you and for Luis as a talented manager. Yeah, riding riding the wave of momentum, and um, the key thing, I suppose, like it's an obvious thing to say, but the key thing will be is if they do get a defeat, as they did indeed um, a few weeks back, and, and had to pick themselves up after they lost to Lons. That will be the key. It's can they sort of pick themselves up and go again? But uh, yeah, good win in the derby and elsewhere at the weekend. Um, we mentioned on a minute ago they did lose to to Ren three goals to nil. Ren are starting to find their form. I mean, Guiri with I think it's his third in five games. Martin Terrier with a new one. And do it, yeah. Dewey getting a second goal in the week after he yeah. got the winner against Dinamo Kiev uh, in the Europa League. He's only 17. And we, well, he is doing, frankly. Um, and just because was... I like having a dig at Red, they they do seem to flatter themselves with very late goals. I mean, they, mm. okay. they were massively inefficient in that match. And when I was watching uh, L'Equipe du Soir, uh, there was a massive argument broke out, which was about Ren's inefficiency in that match. And the host, I think, made the very valid point if they had not won that game, we would be talking about the chances they squandered. Mm. But they They... did win it with an 89th minute winner from a 17-year-old debutant. That's not something you plan for. It's not. They score earlier in the season. Uh, um, yeah, in your, I think then, it's his first European yeah. goal. European, um, yeah, sorry. I think it's Europe. his second of the season in the league. I think, yeah, I'm just going to check. And Desiree Doué. It's a very flows, doesn't it? Do you know he was born in 2005? Just makes you sick, oh, doesn't it? Very gifted. I feel very so gifted. fucking old right now. <laughs> very gifted, I like that. Was um, it talent in French, Doué? Is that right? Doué is... Gifted. Oh, gifted art. is. No. There you go. He's gifted and in demand. Yeah. Brilliant. Love it. Um, <laughs> he may well be the next. Uh, was it Matthias Tell? Was that the lad that Bayern Munich picked up? He may be the next one off that off that particular um, cash conversion, shall we say, if he gets moved on. But a good win for Ren. There was also a Derby Day win for Lille in the Derby du Nord on Sunday night. Jonathan. Um, 
Jonathan David with a penalty. Satoka, though, missing a penalty for Lance uh, early on. The game could have been very different. And quite how at least three players stayed on the pitch in this game is beyond me. How Jimmy Cabo stayed on, I, I, I love him, but my God. Benjamin Andre was, was just doing Benjamin Andre things all game, how he stayed on. And there was several other players who could easily have walked. It was, it was, it was just very, very bitty. Um, and, and it's a shame because it had the makings of a good goal. Should be mentioned as well, the the Lille goalkeeper, uh, Chevalier, who's come in this season, made a brilliant save from Claude Maurice late on, um, who sort of absolutely caught a perler from about 30 yards and Chevalier making a really good save to uh, preserve the win for Lille, who just on the quiet, are, are on the rise. They're uh, they're up to seventh now, three wins in the last five. Um, so they they sort of join Red in that little cluster of teams that are on the way up, um, which conveniently also uh, leads me to mention Monaco, who uh, unfortunately for you, Phil, did get the win at Montpellier and Bolo and uh, Marvin Boadu with the second goal. And uh, again, and you're Monaco... conceding goals to Boadu, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. That's uh, five straight wins for Monaco now. And um, yeah, happy Ben Yedder and a happy, happy Clermont. And it all seems to be going rather, rather well for them at the moment. And Plus six goal difference I as well. wonder if Dallaglio is under pressure. Well, it's four four defeats from five for Montpellier now and, and all does not appear to be and great. the, in the way camp. he's talking about things is not good. Mm. I mean, Monaco also... Um, Won their Europa game against Trabzonspor, helped that uh, they had someone sent off uh, 11 minutes. Yeah. But uh, Wissam Ben Yedder with the brace, one penalty, obvious. Mm. Um, and Dizassi with the third goal. So I do wonder if Ben Yedder is, has, has any hope of making the front squad still if he carries on. I don't know. He's, he's one of those. He's one of those sort of streaky strikers, isn't he? And just when he gets called, with two injuries away from him being called up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the squad's announced on the 9th of November. 11th of November, isn't it? And also, we've got the draw, haven't we, for the uh, Euro qualifiers? There is it Holland, uh, Ireland. I'm doing this for memory. I can't think what previous France, Ireland. (laughs) I don't know what you mean Jess Uh, it'll certainly be a handy one to keep an eye on Um, yes uh, I I did I saw saw a a couple of interesting draws in that one but yeah I I'm trying to remember who the other teams were that they drew Uh, I'm frantically trying to find that on my on my Instagram now I will try and find it but yes I know Holland and um, and uh, I've just found it there we go it is Gibraltar and Greece are the other two teams so you would You'd think that there shouldn't be too many issues there, even with sort of uh, Holland Netherlands on the upturn. I think those two will be the clear favourites in that particular group. And we shall, of course, cover the French, um, sort of the, the French announcement in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, back to Ligue 1 there. A couple of other games just to update you on. Uh, if I can find my list, here we go. Strasbourg, finally, finally getting a win. 3-2 against Angers, who are just having a wretched old time. Kevin Gamero, the old timer, still scoring goals, equalised by Adrian. Fantastic goal! It was a fantastic goal. Yeah, I'm so is actually. Yeah, two two really good, really good openers. Um, a less less to be said of the own goal from Blasic, 
uh, to put Strasbourg back in front. Diaw making it 3-1 and then uh, Blasic making, making some amends, but not quite enough by scoring at the other end. It's amazing how many times that happens when someone scores no goal and they score at the other end. Ganduzi did it a few weeks ago as well, of course. But uh, big win that for, for Strasbourg, um, much, much needed. And it is funny how one wins catapulted them up to 14th. So now they really need to build on that. But good points for them. And also a good win for Nice, 3-2 over Troyes. They made hard work of it. Matteo Vitti with the opener, the Italian fullback, Andy Delors with the penalty, Nicolas Pepe getting the third after getting the winner in, in Europe in the week as well. Uh, two late goals, though, from Chevalier and uh, Abdou Conte. Did make it a bit more respectable, and uh, Nice were hanging on a little bit in the final stages of that one. So good points for those, and yeah, I wouldn't say all is perfectly all right again uh, in terms of uh, Nice's form, but that uh, that win was that two wins from the last four. Um, they need to start picking up points in 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 Liga now moving forwards, but nevertheless, a good win for them at the weekend. Um, that was the weekend that was. In France, uh, we will just have a very quick look ahead to the matches upcoming. Obviously, as you said, in Europe, all the teams that played each other last week are going to be playing each other again this week because World Cup and lots to get through. So look out for those games. Uh, that PSG Benfica game might be worth a look if you've got the time. As for League Art next weekend, Strasbourg Lille is the Friday night game on the 14th. You got Lorient against Ravs on uh, 4 pm on Saturday. Lens against Montpellier. Oh, that's the 8 p.m. game on Saturday evening. And then Sunday, you've got an early start for Toulouse and Angers. And then a 2 p.m. Uh, multiplex games of Auxerre against Nice, Nantes against Brest, Rennes against Lyon. That will be the Laurent Blanc yep. uh, debut, as it were. Oh, that, that could be the one to watch, I think. Yeah, it's a shame it's a two o'clock game, actually, that one. But um, Multiplex yeah. is cool, Chris. Multiplex. Oh, yeah, but I mean, it's just it's during the day. It doesn't get as many eyes as, as a game like that would in the evening. But uh, there is a good reason why it's not the evening game, which we'll come on to. Uh, Twat against Ajaxio. Uh, that's one for the purists. And Monaco against Claremont uh, rounds us off in terms of the uh, regular fixtures. And then it finally wraps up on the Sunday night with the Classique. PSG against Marseille. At the Parc de Prince, do either of you give Marseille any, not hope, hope's the wrong word, because there is always hope, but do either of you see Marseille coming away from Paris with anything in terms of points? I'm not sure I do personally, but can anyone yeah. convince me? Yeah, why not? No, <laughs> Jez is like, no, but Phil, you think so? I think... If PSG have a bad midweek game, they're going to be even more bitchy and petty and childish. And while Marseille often do bitchy and petty and childish, who knows? This could Mm. be, I'd say, a draw rather than a way win. But I can see that happening. Mm. Was it a way win last year? I think it was, wasn't it? It does ring a bell. I'm going to have to look at the history of the classics now. Now you've now you've gone and done it. Um, personally, I'm I'm just going PSG comfortably. To be perfectly honest, I just don't. I, you know, Marseille. I know we've we've given them praise and rightly so. I uh, think they, they do look a, a decent side so far this season. But 
yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm both playing a midweek. That's the only concern I've got for this game. Mm. I think the spectacle mm. might not be what we would hope. It was, it was indeed a Marseille win, by the way, in 20... Oh, actually, no, that's in 2020. Um, <laughs> 2022 was what we in January, February, March, April, PSG 1-2-1 at home. Yeah, I was um, half right. You were half right, yeah. Neymar and I was over the goals. Wrong. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, you, you were right if you went back. I remembered something. <laughs> you remember, it was a Florian Tovan winner in a game that saw five red cards in 2020. Do you remember that one? It's <laughs> all coming back to me now. Oh, man. Yeah, that's when it all kicked off at the final whistle and you, you had uh, Kazawa, Benedetto, Amavi, Paredes and Neymar all sent off. Yeah, good times. Bring that back. I don't think it was final whistle, was that? Uh, it was kind of in the final stages. They were all 90 minutes. Um, I think the referee basically blew the whistle immediately after that because he just wanted to get the hammer. It all went off. Yeah, it all went <laughs> off. Um, and uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we get from that game because that is probably the first big test in terms of um, you know, Igor Tudor's reign as to whether they can be classed as a serious title contender to Lorient. Um, We'll leave it there uh, this week. I just had to get that one in. I'm, I'm going to ride this wave as long as I possibly can until we inevitably lose 7-0 to somebody and it all goes back to normality. But uh, yeah, we will be across all of the games, um, French French teams in Europe and of course the Ligue, Ligue 1 programme. We will give you all the ins and outs of what happens. I'm sure it'll be a busy old time. As we said, in the lead up to the World Cup, it is all go, go, go plenty of games to be covered so we shall be back next week to cover all those and more and potentially more sackings who knows but, <laughs> uh, my thanks to both phil and jez for their time this evening thank you both thank you, thank you. and we will return uh, as scheduled probably for next monday all being well so uh, until then whatever you get up to enjoy your french football and we'll speak to you very soon <laughs>